0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the show, I'm so excited to say that we have Max Chapkin, author of The Contrarian, though he's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask him that much about. Max, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me, Alexis.
0: I'm so excited to have you.
1: I'm excited to be here. I really like the premise of this podcast, especially as a New Yorker in New York, right? Like the professional conversation dominates. I guess that's in every big city, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really excited.
0: I feel you. No, we're going to have a chill New York vibe today. Well, probably not because it's my show, but you know what? We'll try. We'll give it a shot. Are you ready to dive in? I am. Let's do it. This episode of Non Technical is brought to you by Bets Connect, a recruiting platform unlike any other. Whether you're looking to hire the best go to market talent or looking for your next opportunity, Bets can help. Bets has spent more than a decade building relationships with the world's most innovative companies and professionals. And for the first time ever, you can access this network with Bets Connect. As the only go to market recruiting platform built by recruiters and powered by recruiters, Connect enables you to search through a network of vetted go to market professionals actively looking for their next opportunity and make better hires faster. In addition, Bets Connect clients the ROI within 90 days. Plus, if you're looking for your next big opportunity, you can join the Bets Network and get connected with the world's most innovative companies that are looking to hire go to market professionals like you. Learn more about hiring top talent or finding your next role at slash non technical. So, some professional context on Max for our listeners. Max Chapkin is a features editor and tech reporter at Bloomberg Businessweek, and the author of new book, The Contrarian, Peter Thiel and Silicon Valley's Pursuit of Power, which is out now. Max, welcome to Non-Technical.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm non-technical.
0: Great. Well, you're gonna fit right in. Max, I'm so excited that we are able to sit down and chat because you and I met very recently. We met a few weeks ago at your book party, at the book launch for The Contrarian.
1: It's like the only party I've been to in the last Two years, or that maybe anybody's been to. Now that I've had a party, I've been now aware that there are other parties like the Met Gala and things.
0: Right. It was pretty fun to be with people. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I feel like I met a lot of interesting people, and then this came out of it. So, no complaints on my end. What a win! W's across the board from the Contrarian Book Launch Party, at least for me.
1: I was really happy to have somebody who is an influencer in media and technology who wasn't a direct friend there. Yes,
0: I'm second tier. I'm like a second degree away connection. I know, very exciting. I bring a wild card element. We don't know what I'm gonna do. We don't know what I'm gonna be like. (laughs) So Max, I know you're super busy, but my question for you is, how did you spend your last day off?
1: My last like real day off when I didn't check social media or whatever at all, it was in mid-August. So that's like two months ago. Oh, boy. I was running a 100 mile race.
0: 100 miles in a row? When? What's the distribution of mileage here?
1: You just start and go 100 miles and then you stop. But but it's like 30 hours later. You can't check your phone or whatever. Can you sleep? No, no, no. You don't sleep. Can you sit down? You can sit down. You can sit down as much as you want.
0: <laughs> okay. I have a lot of questions. You said it takes 30 hours.
1: Well, it took me 33 hours and I think 34 minutes, the the time limit was 36 hours. So I was comfortably oh, wow. under the time limit, although not that comfortably under the time limit. Sure.
0: So in order to sign up for something like that, you have to know you're going to be able to do that in less than 36 hours.
1: Yeah. Or you, or you would uh, have the suffer the heartbreak of running 80 miles or something and then not being able to finish they pull you off the course eventually if they don't want you to die out there so
0: yeah of course i mean i don't think they're going to leave you for dead but i mean i no one wants to get like shipped in the back of a van off the course i'm sure you know dragged out by a newfoundland dog carrying like a small barrel around its collar
1: there were no dogs but i i was really afraid <laughs> of snakes I'm really afraid of snakes and the, and this part of okay. Pennsylvania had a lot of had rattlesnakes. Oh my god. Spent a lot of time like looking out for rattlesnakes, but I happily or unhappily didn't see any. After the race they they sent us this like survey of like, you know, yeah. like a user experience survey. It's like rated on would you recommend? And mm-hmm. my only piece of feedback was I wanted more information about the location of the snake den. Because like other people had mentioned the snake den. There was a snake den? And I didn't, I was looking for it, but I didn't see it. So hopefully next year if that I do it. That is so they'll...
0: many things to have to think about when you're running a hundred miles in a row. Like, I wonder where the snake den is. They should have definitely given you that information in advance.
1: I agree. Well, they kind of did. They said, oh, it's like roughly around 99 miles. Or
0: roughly something. around, no, no. I want like X marks the spot. I would like a glowing neon sign. There are snakes.
1: This was a point I made in my response to the survey.
0: <laughs> (laughs) That's ridiculous. Have you ever seen a rattlesnake?
1: Once in Yosemite.
0: Oh, that's where I saw one.
1: Really? Mm -hmm. It it was pretty awesome. I don't know that I would have known it was a rattlesnake, except there was somebody else like up ahead of us who had stopped and was like, there's a rattlesnake. And then I've seen snakes in the Catskills. I think I've seen a rattlesnake in the Catskills, although it could have been. I'm not sure, 100% sure it was a rattlesnake, but same deal going just right across the trail.
0: So the time that I saw a rattlesnake in Yosemite, it was curled up and sleeping under a log, but... It was a log that my friend and I had been stepping over to get back and forth from the car to the fire maybe 15 times because we decided to eat near like the parking area and so we didn't have to carry all of our heavy fire equipment and such cooking equipment up when we were going backpacking and so we were going back and forth to the car and I just suddenly like stopped and turned and I was like um there there, it's a and my friend Mara was like what is it and I was like there's a rattlesnake there's a rattlesnake we had been literally stepping over it for 20 minutes it was terrifying
1: so it just slept through the whole thing it was just yeah chilling out yeah coil
0: truly chilling out I was like Mara what would we have done if we had been bitten by that rattlesnake she said well whoever didn't get bitten would have been racing the other person to the hospital and I was like I'm not prepared for a situation like that
1: (laughs) I'm really genuinely terrified of snakes it's like the animal that I'm most afraid of and that's um, the number one yeah 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 by a lot
0: have you ever had any kind of, like, scary snake encounter? Did you see a scary snake movie or something? No. <laughs> You're like, no, they're just terrifying, which is reasonable.
1: They're definitely the most terrifying animal. Horses are more terrified of snakes than anyone else, any other kind of creature, I think, right? Uh, yep. okay. I'm not a equestrian, but I think.
0: I'm not sure, but you said it with a lot of confidence, and so I now believe that fact.
1: <laughs> we had a school trip to the zoo in first mm-hmm. grade or something, and we had to handle snakes, and I remember... <laughs> being not really, really not wanting to handle down. the snakes. But they didn't, no one did anything scary then. The, okay. the zookeeper was super nice and the snakes were really chill. But it scared the crap out of me. And ever since yeah. then, I've been, you know, really scared of snakes.
0: Well, I'm glad that nothing snake-related, happened to you on this 100-mile run. Have you been a runner your whole life, or is that something later in adulthood?
1: Yeah, my whole life. My parents were both jogging boom joggers. You know, they, okay. they, they both were kind of serious recreational runners. There was a
0: jogging boom? Like, one year, everyone started jogging?
1: Yeah, yeah, all the really? hippies, as they got older, right, they started to get a little fatter, so then they, they took up jogging in the 70s. Oh, my God, and I
0: never knew.
1: Yeah, 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 and running in general, in the United States has, like, still has the kind of slightly counterculture vibes, I think, that come from that you know whatever that era. The New York wow. Marathon started in the mid '70s. My mom and dad were both runners, and as a little kid, I ran with them. And then I ran in yeah in high school, and for a year in college. And then uh, yes, and and I quit running for a little while in college uh, to focus on drinking.
0: Yeah, <laughs> priorities.
1: And then I took it up again though after after college, and um and got into these like longer crazy things.
0: That's fun. Well, speaking of college, have you ever been known as the something person that could be from college or high school or a job you've had? Just like, I was definitely the drama girl. Yeah. Because of plays, not because of like social drama.
1: I think I did have the kind of running nerd thing, but I'm going to give you a different answer. Before I got uh, really into running, I was in a rock band.
0: No way. Yeah, yeah. Eighth
1: grade. And then for the first two years of high school... And um, I don't know what that I don't know what the term is, but I definitely it was definitely like a big part of my identity. I had long hair.
0: Oh, my God. What instrument did you play?
1: I play the bass, which is, I think, the coolest instrument. You know, you're in the background.
0: Bass players are super important.
1: Super important. And there are a handful of kind of like frontman bass players, although not too many. Can you name uh, some of them for me? uh, (laughs) Paul McCartney, right?
0: Okay, all right, you know what? Yeah, he would also flip to the guitar sometimes.
1: Yeah, I'm not enough of a Beatles head to know for sure, but I mean, he definitely is a bass player and, and I've heard of his name.
0: There we go. Wow. You and Paul McCartney, famous bass players. And you said that you had long hair. So tell me a little bit more about the kind of music you played.
1: We were like a grunge band. We thought we were very cool, but obviously, Mm -hmm. in retrospect, not cool at all. And I
0: don't know. It sounds pretty cool.
1: The name of the band, we had two names. It changed, but we were originally, our name, once we got cooler, in high school was called When Pigs Fly, which is not cool, oh. but it was cooler than the original name, which was yes. called Green Eggs and Spam, which is what oh, we Max. started out in uh, oh, eighth Max. grade. And like the lyrics were really dark. I didn't write the uh, lyrics, but okay, but my friend Evan Kleiman did. Our drummer was nine or something. Like we were like what? fourteen, but and, like we couldn't find a drummer, so then was it
0: somebody's younger
1: brother or something? It was. It was somebody's younger brother. He's like way too young. <laughs> Anyway, it was really, it, we were really into it, and, but in retrospect, kind of embarrassing. But, um, but we did I like play bars at noon or whatever.
0: <laughs> sure. Oh my God. What, what do you think those bar patrons thought of this ragtag crew with a nine-year-old drummer rolling in to play some grunge hits?
1: I was talking to my dad about that the other day. He was asking me, like, what do you think people thought about this? Yeah. I don't know. I I try not to think about it because it's too... I feel sort of bad. Although on the other hand, like... Really? There are these novelty acts with like nine-year-old drummers. So, and like Hanson came out only a few years later. So like maybe we were, if things had gone a little differently.
0: Well, you know, you mentioned grunge. So maybe it was just like very punk rock of you to have a nine-year-old drummer.
1: He was very good for a nine-year-old.
0: I'm sure he was incredible.
1: Anyway, they threw me out of the band. What? What
0: happened?
1: I was like getting more interested in being like a, a nerd nerd instead of a uh, you know, music it nerd. It
0: happens. It happens.
1: Yeah. And so but anyway, the, the nine year old who was then like 11 or something, he threw me out of the, he, like they, the, my friend Evan Kleiman and the nine year old turned against me. And, and are you serious?
0: Me. Was there a meeting? Did you have to have a band meeting? where they like, we got to talk about the band, man? And then that's how it went down? Yeah, that's how it went down. Pretty <laughs> much. Was it in a garage?
1: <laughs> I think it was in uh, the drummer's basement. I, I'm not again. Oh my again,
0: god, that's incredible.
1: If they're listening, love you guys, I totally understand why you threw there. I'm me out sure of the they're band.
0: listening. I can't imagine anybody doesn't listen to this show, so we can only imagine that those two people are listening right now. And I don't know, you're forgiving of them, but I'm holding a grudge a little bit. I
1: feel like at the time I was really mad about, you know, time has gone by. I feel like Mm -hmm. they were justified in throwing me out of the band. I was-
0: You were hitting those books too hard.
1: I wasn't rocking as much as I had been.
0: (laughs) Too much roll, not enough rock. Max, do you have a catchphrase or other words or phrases that people or you feel are specific to you?
1: Something like actually, which I know is the most annoying. I'm embarrassed- (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! I love it. Who I thinks really that like about
1: you? Everybody. I don't know. My <laughs> wife probably. And I have a tendency. And I wrote a whole book called The Contrarian. It's about a guy, Peter Thiel, who yep. tends to take opposite positions. And one thing that drew me to it is that I also have a tendency to disagree with people and to be really? and to just be just just disagree. You know, just for my own personal enjoyment. I haven't gone pro with it, as far as I know, but. um... <laughs> But yes, I have a lot of good takes.
0: I was going to ask if you've ever gotten into a long, drawn-out argument about something really inconsequential.
1: Yes. So many different things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Does one stick out? Like, what's the tiniest hill you're willing to die on?
1: This is not the tiniest, but shrimp.
0: Just generally. Terrible
1: food. Oh! Hey, I understand. A lot of people really like shrimp, and I don't mind the taste, and I totally would eat them, but... Oh, okay. So it's not the taste for you. There's more. It's just the worst, most annoying seafood there is.
0: They're annoying to you. Tell me more. It's
1: just a rubbery, boring, doesn't taste like anything.
0: What about a sauteed shrimp with lemon and garlic and white wine?
1: But wouldn't you rather have almost any other meat or fish (laughs) instead of that? Okay.
0: So is it that, is the tiniest tell that shrimp, is it shrimp is bad? Shrimp is annoying? Shrimp doesn't taste good?
1: Shrimp is like the worst fish. That's my take. Okay.
0: Okay. I get that. I think that is somewhat controversial. I don't think that a lot of people would agree with you on that.
1: No, I think shrimp it's like one of the top it's probably if we could look it up it's probably the most popular fish or the second most popular or something.
0: Are we are we talking shellfish category specifically or just like broadly seafood?
1: Well, it's definitely the worst in the shellfish category, but I would say it's the okay, worst fair. in the overall seafood category. Wow, well.
0: that's huge. That is what, now I understand I why you're play. such a contrarian. Look at that. <laughs> but yet you would eat it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I eat them all the time, but I just feel like <laughs> if you get the shrimp at the restaurant, you're like, it's the chicken of, of fish.
0: Okay, oh, that's an interesting argument. I don't hate that. I understand. <laughs> is there any sort of preparation where that's not true? Like, is there any sort of preparation where you're like, Hell, yeah, the shrimp kebab. Crushing it.
1: Well, I I really like spicy food, and so oh, there yeah. are... I, I like the shrimp. If you keep the shell on the shrimp, I feel like that takes it yes. up a notch, and that's way better okay. than shrimp without the shell. And then it's like a little lobster. It's not like a, a gross little you know, fish turd or whatever it is. So that with just a shitload of, of chili and, and, and stuff, I think yeah, is really good. Yeah, spice it up. So I live in Jackson Heights in Queens. It's like, a, there's a big, a lot of good Thai restaurants nearby. And there are Thai dishes with raw shrimp that are, it's like a like almost like a pickled what? kind of raw shrimp thing that are like really good. Like a ceviche? Yeah, 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 with shrimp, but not cooked. Cause usually ceviche shrimp are still cooked.
0: I'm not down with that. I wouldn't do that, I don't think. It's pretty,
1: It's it tastes, different than normal shrimp
0: ceviche i can get behind even though it does feel a little bit powered by vibes to me <laughs> the idea of a raw shrimp i don't think that i don't think that would be for me not for the, moi
1: the um what kind of makes it a little off-putting is that you know shrimp it's pink or whatever when you cook it but the yeah. raw shrimp is not pink it's like a gray no, gray
0: wow see okay well you know on this part we we are again opposites but i respect that and now i know max tell me this If you were kidnapped, but you had the chance to communicate with your friends and family and needed to secretly let them know something was wrong, what would you say?
1: Had a great night's sleep last night. (gasps) You don't sleep? No. Ever? Chronic insomnia.
0: Uh, No, sometimes I sleep. On on average, what time do you go to bed?
1: Go to bed around midnight.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: but just a lot of times I have trouble falling asleep. Mm. And then I have little kids. And so it's an early wake up.
0: How many of them?
1: 18 month old, a four year old and a six year old.
0: That is so many children. They outnumber you now.
1: It, they do. And we live in a small apartment with one bathroom. It's like a old timey. I tell myself like, oh, this is how it was in the in the good old days or whatever. Does
0: that I'm help? Like... Does that help? <laughs> oh my God, three kids. Well, the 18 month, can they walk at 18 months? He
1: He motors around.
0: You have three kids that can move around the home.
1: Yes. The six-year-old, she's like pretty good at not trying to kill herself. But the other two, yeah. the two boys who are younger, yeah, it's 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 terrifying. Just
0: reckless abandon, my god. So, okay, your family would know, your friends would know if you said you had a great night's sleep. Do you find that you're more productive at night? Like, do you write better?
1: Yeah, so there are different kinds of insomniacs. And there's some insomniacs who, like, wake up in the middle of the night and then can't get back mm-hmm. to sleep or whatever. That's not me. I just can't fall asleep. And it's probably because I drink mm. 17 cups of coffee a day, but which is then yes. caused by the insomnia. It's like, a, you know, it's a vicious cycle.
0: Vicious cycle.
1: But yeah, I'm really productive, or sort of my most productive time of the whole day is like from... is like the evening, which is really annoying and, and makes everything hard.
0: I relate to that sometimes though.
1: Are you also a night person or?
0: I'm a night person by nature. I'm like going against my nature to live in a society wherein night people were not welcome in this society, I feel. No. I feel there we are stigmatized.
1: Certainly in the tech industry. I think it has to do with the California thing because California has yes. to wake up earlier than everybody else. And let's
0: blame it on California. Honestly, I we have not blamed enough stuff on the West Coast yet today. This is your fault, West Coast. You did this to us. Why?
1: All these like health. Freaks and and uh, and they and they have to wake up early because they're trying to catch up to the East Coast and everything. Um, so yeah, I think it. I think the morning thing is a California problem.
0: Nice, honestly, I'm thrilled to have someone to blame for that because you can do the same amount of stuff. You can just do it later. It's okay. I promise.
1: I feel like media is a late is like a late rising industry. So like I'm in the right place. A lot of places are you know a lot of like where I work. Like there isn't a whole. I'm getting in trouble for saying this, but like there is a whole lot going on before 10 a.m. Um, sure. You know, or something like that. Or, or, you know, it's things are moving like pretty slowly until But
0: then. then I'm sure at night sometimes it's like popping off on Slack or whatever you use.
1: Yeah, it's, I'm po- assuming it's, it's, it's totally Slack. popping on Slack. Absolutely. Just
0: popping off, just going crazy lit even. Um, Max, okay, so if you weren't doing what you do now professionally, what do you think you'd be doing?
1: I'm gonna give you two answers. One is like- I can't wait novelist. But that seems mm-hmm. like a cop out because like writing a novel is like not that different from writing a um, a nonfiction book. It's
0: certainly still in the author category. But I it's feel... different than what you've written to date because you've written nonfiction. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes. And I, and journalism.
0: Mm hmm. And so this would be a fiction story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like like stories. And but I'll give you a different answer too, just OK. For fun. I
0: do like that one. I would read a novel that you wrote. I'm excited to read The Contrarian. Thank you.
1: You have a copy, so you it's you're halfway there.
0: And it's signed, which makes me feel very fancy.
1: <laughs> you know, there there aren't too many in-person events, but like I think authors try to come up with like a thing that they write in the book to like to make it easier on themselves. And I don't think I had that when I signed your book, but then later I came up with a great one.
0: Oh man, what was it?
1: I hope you'll find many actionable learnings here in this book. <laughs> I love the word learnings. It's like such a funny, Max. annoying. <laughs> <laughs> if How I write a novel, I can oh do that. Oh my
0: God. If you write a novel, okay, here's what, here's, I'm just putting this out there into the universe. If you write a novel, A, I would like a copy. B, I would like you to sign it with, dear Alexis, I hope you find many actionable learnings inside. Best wishes, Matt. Yeah, best
1: wishes for sure. Best
0: wishes. Warmest regards. I can't remember what you wrote. I think you wrote, love your work. And I was like, ah. Oh in his own book he's complimenting me
1: i do i am a fan of your work and and have watched your making fun of san francisco video probably like i don't know 10 times or something (laughs) very much really rings true for me as a new yorker uh, yeah as a new yorker who
0: writes about tech too i'm sure
1: yeah and my brother lived in san francisco for a long time my other idea of Profession, yes, which I can't go back and do. But I feel like my friends who are doctors really awesome and lucky. And I feel like mm. there are a lot of reasons being a doctor seems like it sucks. But but once you are a doctor, it seems mm-hmm. fucking cool. And I would really like to be a doctor if I could just snap my really? fingers and
0: do it. A particular type of doctor?
1: No, but any kind of doctor. I Just any, kind
0: of, any old kind of MD.
1: It's all very interesting. I, I think if you want to make money, you have to pick some gross specialty.
0: Mm-hmm. And that doesn't appeal to you?
1: No, I think I would, I would do that. I would just specialty. be like, you know, I have a friend who's a gastroenterologist, you know, and so it, he does like Love. Um, colonoscopies all day long and which so that's a gross mm. pe- specialty, but it seems like really important work. And I just it's
0: think a definitely important work. You must become numb to some of those things after a while as a doctor.
1: Yeah, I, I just find myself now, especially at, the older I get, right, I have to mm-hmm. We all have medical problems and I'm constantly instead of seeing a doctor, I just text my friends for doctors for, for advice. <laughs>
0: Okay. How's that go? It's
1: great. It's so great to just have, a, Gosh, g- you know, amazing. your best friends are doctors. I wish I could somehow pay them back for that. You know, all those, all the free medical consultations yes. I've received over the years.
0: Do they ever text you for journalism advice?
1: I wish they would. I wish they would ask I me for help. I wish they would too. Writing emails and stuff. I could definitely write a mean memo.
0: Or even if they like really needed a hot take what if they're like, oh man, Max, I'm at the hospital. Everyone is taking one position. I need a strong hot take to really cement myself in this community. That would be totally your bag, right?
1: I would get the text. I'd be like, oh, come on. I've been doing hot takes all day. I yes. Can't. No, you're right. But you would step up for your friends
0: in that way. I can tell. You would do it. I could come up with a
1: hot take. I once texted my friends. I was running in uh, Flushing Meadows, Corona Park, which is a park here in Queens. I had an encounter with a, a furry creature. It it it's it, it do we of, know what kind? Yeah, well I figured it out later. It was a muskrat, which is like a water oh,
0: rat. What is a muskrat? Is it like a rat that lives in nature?
1: It's like a rat in the front and a beaver in the back. It's got it's like a rat oh, with a Christ. big fat wide tail. With to a help big fat ass. Yeah, to help it swim. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it it like uh it like jumped out of the bushes and 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 like contacted my leg and kind of it felt like it was attacking me. I think it actually just like was going its own way and we we collided and it, it sort of clawed around together. What me.
0: happened? Like you, you kicked it like you're running and it like a little muskrat soccer ball or like what was the encounter like?
1: It no, it sort of like <laughs> latched onto my uh right shin and like clawed what? its way off and then and then ran into the water. And I called my friends, two friends who are doctors, and and I was like, what should I do? Like, d- do I have rabies? Like, did they say you're fine? No, I have two friends who are doctors. One is two very okay. good friends who are doctors. One is very chill and the other one is not. And the chill one was like, you're fine. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: The other one, he's less chill, was like, you should call poison control. And <gasps> I, <laughs> I called poison control. That's a very control.
0: different response.
1: Anyway, I learned a lot about rabies and I ended up going to the ER and amusing a lot of ER people with my story about the muskrat and um, didn't oh need a God. rabies shot in the end.
0: Wait, where in the world were you when this happened?
1: I don't like saying this because it it is bad. As an unofficial member of the Queen's Chamber of Commerce, I feel bad acknowledging that there are muskrats in the park here in Queens. But it was in Flushing Meadows Park, which is like the oh, big part right. where the U.S. Open is in uh, in Queens, which is where I run mostly.
0: okay. I feel fine about the fact that there are muskrats there because there are normal rats just, you know, mere feet away in the streets. So did you go to the ER immediately or did you wait?
1: No, I went to the ER like that night. You know, I talked to my wife.
0: What did she think? Did she think you were nuts for going to the ER? Was she like, "Oh my God, no! You you had a shin to shin encounter with a muskrat. You got to go."
1: She thought it was nuts. Uh, okay. But once the poison control guy said that I should go, I mean, it was okay. Open but and shut. I,
0: I totally relate to texting multiple people to get multiple opinions. I will say though that sometimes I think I text people who I know are going to give me the answer that I want. If I'm like going to do something wild, if I'm like I know I've been super busy, but don't you think I should get on a plane this weekend and go to this thing? I'll text the friend that's going to be like, "Hell yeah, you should do that." Not my friend that's like, "Alexis, you haven't slept and your apartment is unpacked. You need to work."
1: Yeah, I probably wanted to go to the ER on some level.
0: Okay. I think that you had to. If you texted that person, cuz you could have only texted the chill doctor.
1: Yeah, but I mm. I really am afraid of ra- rabies is another another bad one. Really?
0: Rabies is bad. Do you know what happened one time, Max? I've never had rabies. Don't worry. That's not how the story goes. But I was walking in New York and I kicked a rat wearing open-toed sandals. I'll never forget the warmth of its fur
1: on my foot. My wife had a rat run over her, her foot. That's
0: fucking... That is... I just... Couldn't I don't know what I would do after that point? You'd be a different, I'd be a different person. Is she different now? Do you feel a difference in her she psychologically since that incident?
1: <laughs> the warmth of the fur. Oh, <laughs> uh, I stepped on a rat once, uh, but I was ah! wearing, yeah, I was wearing um, normal shoes, so I didn't feel the warmth of its fur. Oh I just my felt
0: god, a squish! Ah, uh, did it run away?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it kind of hobbled away because it. Oh it definitely, no! Cause yeah,
0: it took a hit. Look, this is the the ratty rat world of New York City. You're going to take some hits. And you. I did me not on
1: mean that. to step on it either. It just no. which kind of tells you how many rats there are if you can just. Oh accidentally. god! Oh
0: god! Oh, what a nightmare! What a waking nightmare! I love living here, <laughs> I really do. <laughs> um, what is something non-work related that you're really proud of?
1: I am proud of my ability as an armchair virologist. Okay, here we go. I'm not a doctor, but I think I have nailed COVID. Wow, I consume a (laughs) lot of podcasts and stuff. I mean, that
0: makes so much sense as an author and tech journalist that you would know.
1: I definitely listen to a lot of <laughs> podcasts called This Week in Virology, and uh, it's great, and it, it makes you feel like an expert.
0: I'm sure that it does. Okay, so have you ever tried to go head-to-head against an actual expert in virology? <laughs>
1: no. No? Okay. I, I go gone against some armchair ones, some really bad, some less good armchair virologists, for sure.
0: Do you think you're the best of the armchair vi- virologists?
1: No, because the guy who introduced me to the this week in Virology Podcast, he's an even better armchair virologist. Okay. I like to check he's in the with king. him. Yeah, yes. but besides him, besides he's the goat. But besides him, I think I'm pretty good. You know the World Cup octopus? The, there's like this octopus that every World Cup. Oh yeah. It, it uses its tentacles to point to like which team is going right. to win. So yes. the other parents in my neighborhood think that I am mm-hmm. like the World Cup octopus, but for like. Oh my um, god. For vaccine like when we're going to get vaccinated they're like yes. a world cup octopus tell us when the children are going to be vaccinated
0: okay and have you done have you guessed any or not guessed sorry have you accurately and scientifically predicted anything correctly so far
1: yeah but now i got the kid thing wrong i thought our kids would be vaxxed by now and and mm-hmm. they're not vaxed. No. i thought i thought it would happen in late september and it's now are the
0: september. other parents disappointed in you do you like I'm worried that your credibility took a hit. I don't know how much credibility there was to begin with, but you you seem to think they were really <laughs> you, had them in the pocket.
1: The octopus analogy sort of suggests that they didn't that they weren't convinced of my credibility to begin with. That's fair. That's fair. But I think by octopus standards, it's still pretty good. I, I'm not actually <laughs> sure how good.
0: I love that so much. Wow. If I ever by octopus standards, it's still pretty good. I love that
1: octopus, this is a callback. Octopus is actually a really good shellfish.
0: Honestly, I agree. And thank you for a callback. We love, we truly love a callback here on Non-Technical. But OK, so you're not worried that you've lost credibility with the other parents or you are?
1: No, because I think it's close enough. I think they're going to It's going to happen like at the end of this month, at at the end of October or maybe early November. So it's still pretty close.
0: If it doesn't though, if you're really wrong about that, you're going to have to work overtime to gain that credibility back or you might have to just give up the mantle.
1: I know I might have to pick up, pick a new um, armchair expertise. Yes,
0: that is truly, you know what though? I would start working on that now, just in case.
1: Well, and the pandemic's going to end and no one's going to care about armchair virologists at a certain point. And then- You better start
0: preparing- I mean, I think having credibility amongst the fellow parents at your school, it might hinge on this.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm also a pretty good camper, but, oh. but I'm more proud of my armchair of virology.
0: I feel like being good at camping in New York City, nobody cares no, is, is the thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I'm letting you know, um, as somebody who has been camping, I enjoy camping. I own Camping accoutrement. I have a sleeping bag. I have hiking boots. I wore them this weekend upstate. Look at me. No one cares is kind of what I've assessed.
1: Yes. No one cares. Yeah.
0: Do you have camper friends who are also New York City residents?
1: Yeah. 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 We have friends who go camping. I mean, there
0: must be dozens of campers in New York.
1: Yeah. Literal dozens. Um... (laughs) Yeah, there's lots of good camping nearby. There's actually camping in the five boroughs, although I've never gone. But um, you can camp in, uh, and there's like one park in the Rockaways. You can have a bonfire too, which I I think. Really? I think. Don't, definitely check with your local. Wait, no, Max
0: Chafkin says you can light a bonfire in the Rockaways. That's what I heard. Armchair virologist Max Chafkin said you can light a bonfire in the Rockaways. You heard it here first. no nobody do that
1: (laughs) Check with the local fire codes before
0: that's right don't try this at home folks this is two experts here okay so max tell me this is there a fad that you look back on participating in that now makes you a little cringy it could be anything like workout fashion cultural anything like that
1: well i already told you about i mean i could go deeper into the style of my band era, but um, I'm going to give you a different one that cr- makes Let's me cringe. It. All right. So remember when the, when like the iPod happened and everyone was like really excited about iPods and, and like digital music and how uh-huh. awesome Apple was. And Steve Jobs was like making these like smaller and smaller iPods. Yeah. And Saturday Night Live was making fun of it. It was like really clearly the most awesomest technology that it had ever come out.
0: And we're talking about like first gen iPod. We're talking about the TV commercials with bright colors in the background and then the outlines of people dancing.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of, and like from then to like 2010 or something like, so this is when I was starting out as a tech journalist and I was convinced, convinced that the iPod sucked. Really? Yeah, and actually like I was was like totally convinced that all this like Apple media stuff was terrible. I had like a different, uh, for everything that everybody else had, I had a a creative zen, music player with Yahoo music on it and I would tell people how it was oh really god. awesome it was really good Oh my god Well it really was good but turns out I was wrong and then I also had a uh, I was convinced that I had a Windows Media Center computer which is like this is like uh-huh. a very a deep cut but anyway my computer when I was like in like 2006 2007 it was like attached to the television and I would <laughs> I would have people over and I'd have to like press the start the micro. It was like a Windows XP computer. It was like really oh bad, it was really God. nerdy. Anyway, I thought it was really cool at the time. And obviously yes. I was wrong in every way.
0: That was a super contrarian take for sure to be anti-iPod.
1: Yeah, well, I thought it was bad because there were reasons why people, why I thought it was bad, but I can't totally remember. But I do remember, I remember that yeah. Yahoo Music, which was a thing that existed then, It was like Spotify is now, but no one had figured it out. You could get any song and it was a subscription.
0: Oh, wow. Ahead of its time. I had Rhapsody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Rhapsody. I think I had that for a while, Mm -hmm. too. I think I had that. I don't remember the order of events. I don't think I had an iPod when I had Rhapsody. That was just for music on my computer.
1: You couldn't put Rhapsody on an iPod. That's why you had to get the the Creative Zen Nano. Yeah.
0: I cannot believe that I'm saying these words. I feel like this is a memory that I've truly repressed. But I also at the time when iPods came out, I wanted an MP3 player, which by the way, people didn't just say iPod at the time. It was an MP3 player. That's, that was the cat. There was a whole category of tech. And I was like, oh, I don't want an iPod. There are other ones that are better because right. I was like looking at the specs. I was like, well, actually this one has a lot more storage. And so like, for that reason, I'm gonna get this other one. Don't know what is compelling me to say these words. They're so mortifying. We had to write poems in I think like eighth grade. And one of them was about, like, identity. This is mortifying. I'm covering my eyes. I can't believe I'm saying this. And the poems were supposed to be, like, about who you are. And so I, we were writing poems, and my poem had all the stuff about who I am. And I swear to God, one of the lines was, I'm the girl without an iPod that doesn't care.
1: <laughs> Same identity. I, I'm that
0: so embarrassing i can't believe i wrote that i turned that in as an assignment i said yeah this is me oh my god that's mortifying that's
1: kind of profound actually (laughs) i mean (laughs) thanks max (laughs) <laughs> that means a lot. <laughs> it's worse with the context that actually you are like the kind of person who had a creative labs. If you were just were like making a statement about consumerism, though, that's kind of cool. Uh,
0: that would have been incredible if I was making a statement about consumerism, but I definitely had some like whatever knockoff MP3 player that I too tried to convince people was better than an iPod.
1: Better specs.
0: Better specs, man. Okay, you have to look at the specs. Specs matter, people. Whatever. I'm so addicted to the Apple ecosystem at this point, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> There's no going back now. They have got me.
1: Yeah, yeah, you judge people if they're if uh, if they get the green message.
0: I'll admit to you, I struggle. I struggle with Android users. I do. Do you have an Android?
1: No, no. I have I I okay, surrender to the inevitable.
0: I feel like you should have an Android. It's kind of off brand that you don't.
1: I've tried it a couple times, but it just I can't um I don't know. It's not as good. And plus I'm a total privacy hawk or whatever. And I think I'm, yes. obviously there's bad stuff about Apple, but yeah, but I think Apple's a little bit better on privacy than, than Google. Yeah. So I'm,
0: that sounds like a smart thing that I'm now going to say to people to justify all the <laughs> Apple products that I buy. So thank you for that. Is there a song that whenever you hear it takes you back in time?
1: Hey, Yeah by OutKast straight to the dance floor, 2004. Yes.
0: Love it. A particular dance floor.
1: It makes me feel very old, but yeah, it's weird because it's weird. It's like a memory of a memory, but yeah. But, but actually, as I say it, it's like taking me back to my ten-year college reunion. Awesome. But anyway, Hay yeah, came out when I was when I was a senior in college, and okay. So, it, but the memory is so strong that and they're like it has echoes. So, like, I remember it takes me back to also the dance floor of of my college reunion. That's awesome. We were, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. That song was like, yeah, that 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 really dominated. It's a jam. It, was, it is a jam. I try and explain it to my kids and they were not, not getting it. Have you
0: food. played it for them? Of course,
1: yeah. I'm and like they... a Polaroid picture. I tried to get my son to do, you know the part where there's like the call and response where he's like, hey ladies yep. and then hey fellas. Yeah. I tried to get my daughter and my son to participate and they did mm-hmm. not go for it. They
0: didn't, okay. Hmm. I was gonna say maybe next year, maybe in a couple more months. Maybe they just need to age into it.
1: That song was like so cool. Like, I, I don't know, like I remember as a kid, like, Disco, I think, because, like, the boomers were mm-hmm. down on Disco. So, like, my whole childhood, like, people were just like, Disco sucks. And, like, every, on MTV and, like, every, in pop culture yeah. was all about how terrible Disco was. And then wow, Disco, like, had this so big comeback, you know, when I was, like, basically, w- w- at, when I was in college. And I think, like, that song, I mean, I don't know, it's not exactly a Disco song, but, um, but anyway, yeah, just like, no, actually, Disco's fucking awesome. And
0: yeah. that's so funny wow i don't know a lot about that time period the disco sucks era but i i mean i know a little bit about it but it's something that's very cool right now i think because of all of the i mean honestly because of the streaming platforms and everything is that there are just there's so much access to music now you can listen to anything you want yeah okay two-part question for you who would play you in a movie about your life and if we're making this movie should it be a biopic so Birth to present, or should we focus in on a particularly interesting chapter of your life?
1: Well, I feel like my choice of actor is gonna is gonna dictate is gonna lead to some creative choices. That have okay, to make. So, let's hear it. Who's the well, who's the actor? So I think people usually say a younger person than themselves, but mm-hmm. I'm picking Dennis Leary because. Uh, for most of my adult life, people oh. have said that I looked like Dennis Leary to such an extent that I, I once was at a wedding. Yeah. The entire weekend, I used to have longer hair that was maybe oh, a little okay. more like Dennis Leary's hair. But yeah, the, the entire weekend, the guy, there was like a dude at the wedding, like an older guy who was like, hey, Dennis Leary, like oh over and God. over again. Did
0: he think you were Dennis Leary or he just gave you that moniker immediately and then it he never He thought changed. it was
1: funny. I get it a lot.
0: That's so interesting. Okay. We could definitely have him. Yeah. We got to get... He's a great actor.
1: I know. He's great. And he's funny. And anyway,
0: (laughs) you're like, he's funny. He's charming. He's incredibly smart. I mean, I just think he's the perfect pick. So handsome. Do you know who my other pick for you would be?
1: Okay. Um,
0: Okay. So Dennis Leary's older than you, right? We were saying? Yeah. Okay. So I think this person is maybe younger than you. So if we were going biopic, I'm just saying we could, there could be range. What about Eddie Redmayne?
1: That I've got that before as well. Yes. A Mm -hmm. friend of mine just calls me Eddie Redmayne in the group chat. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know who he was. That's maybe a more flattering choice. That's what I should have said.
0: It can be both. Like I'm saying, they right. can swap Young. or there maybe there's two. Maybe you've lived enough life where we need two movies.
1: It could be like a, a series where <gasps> after when Redmayne gets, a, you know, another job or whatever, then yeah. you bring in Leary to do season two.
0: Once Redmayne has been like a tech journalist for however many years you've done it, and then we need to just really show the toll that it's taken, we'll bring in an right. older actor like Dennis Leary. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think, biopic, or do you think there's a particular chapter of your life that would make an amazing movie?
1: I think now that we have Redmayne, gotta go biopic, mm-hmm. gotta go for the full okay. sweep Love of it. things.
0: Is it because there's nothing is sticking out to you
1: immediately that would be a good narrative arc? I just don't think the shrimp thing is going to be enough to sustain <laughs> a major motion picture, so I feel like we might I, You'd to, be
0: surprised!
1: I need to, you know, get people invested in my character okay. through some story. earlier... Yeah, exactly. Because I don't know if just Dennis Leary talking about shrimp for six hours. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I think that could be very interesting. Okay. I think that those are both really great choices. I would watch that biopic. Would you watch it?
1: Uh, Yeah, I would watch it. But I feel I'd feel bad recommending it, I think, based on what we've what we've dreamed up so far.
0: Hey, this sounds great. (laughs) What would we need to change for this to be a film you'd recommend to people? Soundtrack? (gasps) Should we get your band back together?
1: If the band can come into this. Yes. Can we have one of those movies where they get... Because now that I've ca- I've called them out, we can yeah. bring them in for like a cameo or
0: something. Wait,
1: 100%. Or maybe we could get together. Maybe... Well, this could start to affect my real life if, if mm. the band actually got back together.
0: That would be so cool if the band did literally get back together. If the band gets back together, um, please tell me. I, will, I would know. love to come see you all play. <laughs> I'll come to Queen's to watch you all play.
1: Queen's is that bad that you're, you're only going to come to... No,
0: I just am very far from Queen's. <laughs> It would take me like an hour.
1: No, honestly, I feel very bad making anyone come to Queens, even though I love Queens, so.
0: I get that. I've Uh, heard it's fantastic. Oh my God, I hate how that makes me sound though. Oh my God, Queens. I've heard it's fantastic.
1: (laughs) You just have to watch out for muskrats.
0: That's my number one. That's why I haven't come. I'm blaming it on the muskrats. As long as
1: you are up to date on your rabies shots, it's no big deal.
0: (laughs) Then you can come to Queens. I love that. Max, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of non-technical is still brought to you by Bet's Recruiting. Whether you're looking to hire the best go-to-market talent or looking for your next opportunity, Betts can help. Okay, friends, I'm bringing you what I think may be the one and only time I allow myself to use a phrase like this on the podcast. Here we go. Let's talk about the future of work. I'm not telling you anything you don't know when I say the future of work is kind of happening right now. Companies all over are figuring out whether they want folks in the office or out of the office or kind of in the office or pods or whatever. You may be having those conversations at your company and you may or may not like what's being decided. Either way, the good news is you can join the best recruiting network to find a company that's totally aligned with what you're looking for from your work setup, whether that's being in office best buds with your desk mate or literally never finding out how tall your coworker is. Learn more about, finding your next role or hiring top talent at betsrecruiting.com slash non-technical. And we're back with Max Chafkin, the author of The Contrarian. Max, we've arrived at a particularly exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. We've arrived at the lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. I think I know the answer to this one, but coffee or tea?
1: Coffee. Do I explain?
0: <laughs> you can.
1: Black. I love coffee all- Me too. Should I talk really fast? Cause there's a lightning run?
0: Well, you know, it's a lightning round in spirit. It has the spirit of a lightning round.
1: Coffee, and I love coffee. I love fancy coffee, and I love shitty coffee. I love all fucking coffee. You love shitty coffee? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I had a cup of coffee. Are you ready for this? I had a black cup of coffee from the Albany Reneslayer Amtrak train station yesterday morning (laughs) at 7.30 a.m., what do you think about that? Do you know what that does to a person emotionally? This is it? like after you got uh, your encounter with the muskrat. I'm different now.
1: How was it? Was it good?
0: Honestly, it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I w- But I was prepared. I was truly preparing for the worst.
1: My favorite bad coffee to have yes. is like a New York City bodega coffee.
0: Bodega or cart?
1: Well, both. But I think I'd pick bodega. Okay. Super hot day. So 90 degrees plus. Yes. And... Go into the bodega and get a cup of black coffee in yes. one of the in of the Greek Wait, paper cups. Wait, you're getting hot
0: coffee when it's 90 degrees?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just always drink it are and you an sweat. always hot person? Yeah, <gasps> I always drink hot coffee. No cold brew for you? No, man. I mean, I'll drink it. It's good. I like I, I like all coffee, but but hot coffee <laughs> for me is is the best. And even a hot coffee on a really hot day, and you just drink it and, and get really sweaty. Yes. It's a great feeling.
0: Nothing makes me feel more like a New Yorker than holding one of those Greek cups. I'll say that. That's for sure.
1: Your hand gets really hot. Yeah, of course. They hadn't invented the sleeve yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course not. It's just a piece of paper rolled up. Absolutely. Max, do you have a favorite board game?
1: I mean, chess, really, but I've been playing a lot of <gasps> Mousetrap with my kids. So. Mousetrap.
0: Oh, cute. Do you let them win?
1: Yes. Although it seems like in Mousetrap, I'm trying to remember, they can cheat a little bit, but really okay. there isn't a lot of strategy in mouse trap. It's just- <laughs> I it's think just I'll admit, like,
0: I don't know that I've played Mousetrap, but I remember the commercials from when I was a kid.
1: We bend the rules in terms of, there's like a chutes and ladders situation where you can sort of travel across the board. And I oh, think that okay. there are some specific rules that we kind of ignore to let the kids get around the board faster. If you wind up in the trap, then you run the trap and your mouse can get caught. And it's really fun.
0: Wow, I think that I'm going to struggle letting my kids win at games. I really do. Are they, like, really excited when they win? Is it worth it letting them win?
1: Yes. It's really fun I don't know teaching my kids to play chess. I mean, letting them win in chess is really fun. And it's also fun because mm-hmm. I feel like, because I'm not very good, like, eventually they're going to beat me. And that's going to yeah, be even more fun. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. When that would can be actually, fun. Yeah, we're working up, up to that.
0: Have you ever read a book twice? Yeah, tons of what books. What book?
1: Well, this is kind of a, this is a humble brag or a brag brag, I guess. We'll War and Peace. It. I've read War and Peace twice. Uh, maybe three times.
0: Wow. Two and a half,
1: like two and a half times. War and Peace is a great book.
0: You gave up on the third?
1: No, well, like the, I was kind of like reading parts of it. I, I just mm-hmm. didn't read it cover to cover. But yeah, I mean, War and Peace is like the greatest book ever. And a friend's um, mother has this thing, which I think is really good advice, which is like, if you're feeling depressed, you should just read War and Peace because it's really long, so yep. by the time you finish,
0: you won't be depressed anymore. You
1: won't, you won't be depressed anymore. It's this beautiful story about yeah, humanity, and like it, ha- it contains you know wisdom that also might yep. pull you out of the depression, but could just be the time required that 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 will change your life.
0: It's like you literally won't have time to be depressed because you'll be reading. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: That's perfect. That's honestly great advice. Do you have a pump up song?
1: No, but um,
0: not, not a single song that you listen to to get fired up.
1: No, but I'll give you the last song. The only thing that's coming into my head, which I have listened okay, to, to, pump me. me up. And it's also kind of embarrassing. So do you know this, like, there's a South African band called De Antwerd. It's like a really weird... No. Okay, so this is very embarrassing, but De Antwerd, I think you're freaky. It's spelled with an F. It's like a weird...
0: If I need to, like, really get stoked for, like, an interview or something like it's that, so that weird. would be a good jam.
1: I'm gonna Yeah, but to it's, it. it's beyond weird. Anyway...
0: I can't wait. I, is it, wait, did you say, I think you're freaky?
1: I think it's spelled with an F, but- I think uh... so
0: too. Okay, I'll check that out. Max, my last question for you is what would you title your memoir?
1: Maybe I should call it actually, since that was my catchphrase. And I feel like that would be sort of funny, yeah.
0: What about like, actually, shrimp is fine. (laughs) 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 And it's just like a reflection on your life coming to terms. With realizing things that seem really bad are not that bad.
1: The only problem with that, though, is like, I feel like you'd be giving away the ending. Because, like, at the okay. end of the memoir, right? You would have to come to the real, as, you, as a, you're yes, old and... Yes, that's
0: great to inspire like, the writer. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, like, I, as it turns out I was wrong about this and like this shrimp scampi with white wine or whatever. Yes. And it's actually like, I, pretty as good. I
0: sat alone twirling my fork around the linguine, I realized, yeah.
1: But I think. No, I don't think you'd be alone, right? You'd be, like, surrounded by your loved ones. Oh, okay. And you'd come to the realization that, actually, it's not that shrimp are good or bad, but they're just Mm. this way to to create happiness around you or something like that.
0: Wow, wait, Max, this is why you're a writer. That is so legitimately good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I think either either of these is good. Actually is good.
1: My life in shrimp.
0: My life in shrimp. My life in shrimp. I love it so much. Okay, Max, it has been such a pleasure having you on Non-Technical. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: This was really fun, Alexis. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, it was great to, great to meet you.
0: Oh my God, of course. Where can people find more about you online?
1: You can find me on Twitter. Uh, My handle is Chafkin, C-H-A-F-K-I-N. My book is called The Contrarian. There are links to that on my Twitter, or on my website, maxchafkin.com. I'm on Instagram, but... It's M Chafkin on Instagram, but anyway, this is a lot of handles.
0: I love it. You can find me at yayalexisgay on Twitter and Instagram or at non pod on Twitter. Max, one more time. I know you've got so much going on and I just really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you again.
1: Alexis, this was really fun and hilarious. Thank
0: you. Woo! Okay, bye!